Have you ever found yourself in a no-win pickle? This is the term I use to describe a situation where no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, despite your good intentions, you cannot win. I found myself in a no-win pickle after my fourth baby was born. I'm sharing that story today along with three tools for managing this failure paradox. Welcome to the Power Podcast. Our world runs on power. We need power to light our houses, run our appliances, and drive our cars. When you feel blocked, stuck, or confused about how to move forward in life, what you're missing is power. Power to seek clarity amid confusion. Power to focus through distraction. Power to break through barriers. And power to quit spinning your tires in the ruts of old habits. The Power Podcast is here to empower you with clarity, focus, and energy. I'm your host, Malia Warner, and our 2020 theme is Power Perspective. These episodes are designed to help you create your best life by seeing things in a new way. Today is episode 91, Three Ways to Manage the Failure Paradox. Hi friends, I'm so glad you're here today. I am, like last week, going to turn you over to the audio from Facebook Live, and this past week's was my favorite magpie chat. So again, the audio isn't the most fantastic quality, but it is good enough, and the principles are so essential that I want you to hear about it here on the Power Podcast. And this is why. We all encounter failure, setbacks, challenges. If you're human and you're breathing, you will encounter struggle. And did you know there is a divine reason for failure, setbacks, challenges, and struggle, whether in health, relationships, finances, or whatever circumstances? And when you understand the meaning and purpose of those setbacks, then you are empowered to turn that failure into something even more beautiful than you would have had if you hadn't encountered the challenges at all. So with that introduction, here is the audio from the Magpie Chat where I share the purpose for failure and I teach three ways to manage failure to work for your greatest good. So glad you're here. I hope this is something that really helps. That's really what you need to hear today. Here we go. Enjoy. The topic for today is the no-win pickle and how we can manage the no-win pickle. So this is a topic, especially for you, if you are in a situation where you feel like No matter what you do, you just can't win. Despite your best efforts, despite your hard work, despite your well-laid plans, despite your good intentions, you're in a no-win pickle. There is nothing you can do. This no-win pickle, I believe, is the devil's way of making us quit. Because I can't win no matter how hard I try, no matter what I do. So... Why even keep trying? It's just better to stay where I am. So if you relate to this, if you feel like you're in this situation right now, today's message is going to be so helpful. And if you're not in a no-win pickle right now, you probably have been before and are looking for 
a way to process it, or you will be soon because the no-win pickle is inherently part of our human experience. It's mandatory. No one can escape this. And today we are going to talk about why. Today we are going to talk about what the no-win pickle is. I will also refer to it as the failure paradox. We will talk about why it's here, why it's part of our human experience. And then we're going to talk about how to manage it. And these, the three tools that I'll give you in how to manage it are life-changing, really so empowering. So what is, let's talk about the what first. What is the no-win pickle? I first encountered the no-win pickle in a way that really, you know, hit me big time after my fourth baby was born. You know, in the hospital, recovering, and I realize that it's kindergarten graduation that very day. Baby is born in a crazy situation, super fast at like three o'clock that morning. And then at 11 o'clock that morning, my oldest son will be graduating from kindergarten. So I shower, I blow dry my hair, I put on makeup, I get out of the hospital gown and put on clothes and I even put on my shoes and I am ready to go. And when the nurse comes in to check my blood pressure, I ask her if she thinks it's better for me to bring the baby with me to the graduation or to just, you know, let him sleep in the hospital bassinet because I'll probably only be gone, you know, an hour if even and then I'll be right back. And the nurse just stares at me and I'm, I'm arguing my case. The school is practically right across the street. The graduation won't last an hour. I'll be back before he even misses me. He'll sleep the whole time. The nurse's eyes widen in disbelief. My heart drops. Little by little, the reality drips into me, drop by drop, like the liquids from my IV, and I slowly come to understand that I will miss Danny's kindergarten graduation. He only graduates from kindergarten once in his whole life. It's not yet eight in the morning, and I've already cheated on my doctor, cost my husband and good friend a decent night's sleep, and now I'm neglecting Danny. How can one woman rack up so much failure before breakfast? Does anyone relate to that? So this was my first encounter with this no-win pickle. The realization that it was out of my control, that I was going to let someone down. And I desperately wanted to be a good mother. I wanted to be the best mother, which for me meant not failing in anything. And I felt like a loser. I felt like an absolute failure of a mother. So let's talk about, I call it the no one pickle. And I think moms, we find ourselves in this no one pickle a lot. It can also be called the failure paradox. Why is it a paradox? A paradox contradicts itself. So the failure paradox is that it is in our failure that we rise in life. We do not rise in life from our successes. 
We rise in life through failure. And so it's a paradox because it would seem like failure would mean that we miss out on the meaning of life, that we lose a life. And it's actually the opposite. It is failure through failure that we rise. Okay, let's talk about why this is. This is fascinating. Stick with me here. Why is this no and pickle? Why is this failure paradox built in to our human experience? Okay, this is fascinating. Let's go back to the very beginning of humankind. Let's go back to the Adam and Eve story. This was Eve's dilemma. So think about what was Eve's no and pickle? This no and pickle appears, it's the very first climatic dramatic moment of the human story that Eve finds herself in a no and pickle because she's given two commandments, right? God commands for Adam and Eve to multiply and replenish the earth, which means they need to have children. But God also commands that they do not eat the fruit. They don't eat the apple from that tree or they're going to, you know, know good from evil and they'll be kicked out of the garden. So if they stay in the garden, they don't eat the fruit and they stay in the garden, they're not going to be able to obey God's commandment to have children and multiply the earth. But in order to have children, they have to eat the apple. And then that breaks God's commandment. And this paradox troubled me for a long, long time. How in the world did God expect Adam and Eve to be obedient, right? Obedience is like God's great commandment. When God gave them contradictory commandments, it was impossible to do one and the other. It had to be a one or the other. And it bugged me for such a long time. Why would God do this? Why would God set Eve up for failure? Was this just a game? Did God just sit up there on the throne in the universe and just laugh at, ho, 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 look at this dilemma that I've put Eve in. Now there's no way that she can win. No way Eve can win. No matter what she chooses, she is failing at something. Really? God, you want your children to fail? Why would God create this impossible puzzle? Okay, stay with me. Here's a personal example. I also encountered this as a 21-year-old missionary. I was living in France and a no-win pickle. On one hand, as missionaries, we are commanded to serve with all of our heart, might, mind, and strength. Leave it all on the court, so to speak. Wear ourselves out in the service of God. And then on the other hand, there was a scripture that was ingrained in us to not run faster than we had strength. That it was not expedient to do more than we were able. And I felt this contradiction and this struggle between how can I serve, you know, how can I give it all but not give it all? So I remember, especially toward the end of my mission, being so tired, falling asleep, standing up on public buses. And probably I had a recurring case of mono or a recurring case of EBV that I you know, didn't know about at the time. But just this dilemma of 
how do I take care of myself, but also, you know, be a good missionary and do all the missionary hours? Okay, one more example, and then we're going to tie this all together for why this is life's paradox. Before I give this example, I think, I know for me, and I think for a lot of us, we really do want to be the best that we can be. We have dreams of, you know, attaining our full potential, whatever that might be. If you're an athlete, you know, being the athlete of the year or breaking the records or, you know, doing all of the phenomenal feats. As a mother, you want to be the best mother. It's you know, for me, it was like, this is the most important endeavor I've ever undertaken being a mother. And so it's more important for me to excel at being a mother than it has been doing anything else in my life. Same thing with writing a book or, you know, anything, starting a business, anything that you do, we, we want to have like big success from it because that means that we're, that we're successful. It means we're doing things right. Okay, now here's an example. So in the 1970s, there was a man who was the president of my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and his name was Spencer W. Kimball. I don't have a picture of him, but if you can imagine Yoda from the Star Wars series, in fact, I grew up hearing rumors that George Lucas had patterned Yoda after Spencer W. Kimball. I have no idea if that's a true thing or if that's just folklore. But he was a smaller man. And right before being called as the prophet, as the president of the church, and as prophet, his job, his calling was to be the mouthpiece of the Lord for the earth. He was called to be God's spokesperson. And right before he became prophet, he had throat cancer and he had surgery and he had part of his voice box removed. And so from that point on, he did not speak with the voice of thunder calling the world to repentance and declaring the power of God. He spoke spoke with a very raspy, even vibrational whisper. Now, why would God do that? Why would God call someone to be the mouthpiece for the world and then have part of their voice box taken out so that instead of being a mouthpiece, they're speaking in a whisper? So this is what I think. This is my answer. Life is not about being all that. The purpose of our life isn't that we are flawless, spectacular, powerful, thunderous voices. That isn't our success. Life is about our weakness that we have something that we struggle with that causes us to be how we would feel less than perfect or maybe not feeling up to the calling before us, something that makes us feel insufficient and we do it anyway. 
it's not the situation that we would want ideally, but we show up and we do it anyway with our imperfection. Why? Because God does not need us to be flawless. God does not need us to be super and strong and, you know, how we would normally define massively successful. What does God need us to be? Dependent upon God. God can accomplish God's work. And when I say God, if you know, if you're not comfortable with that term, whatever higher power there is, because there is a higher power in the universe. Nature, energy, collective love, there is power higher than us as individuals. And this higher power does not need us as entities to be all powerful, this higher power needs us to be dependent and reliant and trustful in that higher power. So if you think about the failure paradox, the no and pickle for Adam and Eve, what came out of their situation is that they became dependent upon a savior because they had to choose one or the other, because they had to break one of God's commandments, that made them dependent on a savior. It put them in a situation where they could no longer save themselves. They had to rely on God's power to save. And that is absolutely what we are here for in life. It is not our successes, it is our failures that lift us up and rise us to the true purpose of life. So we're gonna finish up by talking about three tools. I mean, I'm gonna share three tools for how to manage this failure paradox. Because when we encounter it, when we find ourselves in no win pickle, like I said earlier, it is the devil's way to make us feel like, why even try? No matter what I do, I can't win in this situation. No matter what I want out of life, I'm going to let someone down. And so it's easy to give up and to feel like I can't do it. And so why even try? Number one, how do we manage this failure paradox? Okay, embrace failure. And I mean it, I mean welcome failure like a long lost friend that you are so happy to see because you realize that when failure shows up in your life, good things are going to happen. It means that you are cracked open and ready to go deeper. It means that God has more important lessons for you to learn and has something greater for you to become than what you would have become had your vision of your you know, successful life come to be. So embrace that failure, lean into it, welcome it. It's like Brene Brown calls it, right? The gift of imperfection. When I fall short, when I don't have the voice that I think I need or the 
I think I should have in order to meet my calling, there's a gift in that. There is a gift within that imperfection. Number two, make a decision. When you find yourself in the no-win pickle and it seems like no matter which way you go, it's not going to make a difference. You're going to fail. Go ahead. Make a decision. Choose failure. Make a decision. Take action. There is right and wrong in the world, but there are also a lot of decisions that it's not right or wrong. It's just about getting experience. And a lot of times we get stuck in decision mode. I, I have been there a lot this last couple of weeks trying to figure out what is the right decision. What is the right action? We feel like there's going to be one right solution. And so we look and look and look and look and look for that one right solution. And a lot of times it's not about right or wrong. It is about just choosing something and doing the best you can with it. Okay, so maybe Adam and Eve could have stayed in the garden and just really lived up that life with all the free fruit and, uh, you know, living, living in a friendly zoo. Um, but they chose, Adam and Eve chose to take the fruit, get kicked out of the garden. Then they had to work, had to sweat, had no more free fruit from the trees. They had to grow their own crops and eat the animals that they were friends with and make the best of it. And it was through that experience that they had the human experience that they were supposed to have. And it even meant that one of their sons would end up killing the other. I mean, talk about parenting failure. That has to feel like a big time parenting failure, but they wouldn't have grown if they had stayed in the Garden of Eden. Number three is trust in God, okay? Make your decision and trust in God. I wanna share, this is really personal, but um, you know, it's, it's the experience that I'm living right now. You know, I think anyone when they write and you dream so long of getting the book published and just hope, you know, that everyone will like it and it will sell a gajillion copies and, you know, just become this really huge success. And for me, it hasn't been that way. I think for most authors, it hasn't been that way. It's very, very slow. You write the book and then you realize you need to let people know that the book exists and nobody knows who I am. And um, marketing is a lot, a lot of work. So I'm finding myself in a different circumstance than in my mind I had hoped for. And I can say it has been beautiful. The things that I feel like I'm being taught and it has really forced me to go deep and search for my motives and what it is that I really want and what is important to me. And I didn't write this down. This should have been number four, but I, I think number four about what to do in a no-win pickle is realize it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about my success or my ego or you know how I look to other people. This life is about being dependent on God and being dependent on others. And that we cannot do it 
alone. We can't do it on our own. We're not meant to do it on our own. Adam and Eve couldn't do both things on their own. They had to rely on a savior. In the hospital that day, I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't be everything that my children needed that day. I had to rely on my husband. We often have to rely on other people. So President Kimball, he did the best that he could with the voice that he had. And sometimes he had to rely on other people to speak or had to rely on the trust that when he spoke softly, that people would listen up. But he had to rely on that because he couldn't speak with a booming voice of thunder. He had to rely on that other people would show up and listen harder. So as much as we love the idea of being able to do things all by ourselves, we're put in situations in life where we're going to have to rely on other people. And it can be so hard to do because we feel like that's a failure. And guess what? It's the failure paradox. It is the way that we rise up higher than we would have on our own because we are always, always better with a community than we are in isolation. We are always better when we rely on strength from the outside than just trying to do it all by myself. So this is what I learned. This is what I learned from sitting in the hospital during Danny's one and only kindergarten graduation is this. By myself, I could never be and do everything for my children. As a mom, I really hated that. But the truth was that despite all the roads that I paved with good intentions, I would fall short. I would have to make choices. And in every one of those choices, I would have to trust and depend on God and trust and depend on other people too, that everything would be okay. When we understand that, when we understand that it is in our failure and in our weakness that we actually rise up, we rise higher, then it takes away some of the panic and it takes away some of the urgency that it's, it's okay. I don't have to be all that. I'm not going to be able to do it all. And I'm definitely not going to be able to do it all in a way that looks good or that looks perfect. That's the miracle of God, that in our weaknesses, somehow God makes something even better of us and our life and our situation than we could on our own. So that's my message, my friends. The no-win pickle, the failure pair. And when you find yourself in that situation, embrace the imperfection. Embrace imperfection. Lean in. Something beautiful is going to happen. I just did that upside down. There we go. Embracing failure. When your signs are upside down, make a decision, okay? You may lose either way that you choose. Make a decision anyway and go forward in it. Trust God. And number four, I didn't write down, but realize it's not about me. This is not about me. This is not about my success. It's not about how I look. We are really all in this bow of humanity together. All right, friends, our time is up. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for 
your comments and feedback. We'll meet back here next week. We are going to do chapter 18. It's about comparison and that's a pretty great chapter. So I will see you back here on Facebook Live next week. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for tuning into the Power Podcast today. I hope these three tools for embracing and growing through failure will give you power this week to get unstuck, to move forward, and to create your best life. As always, be safe, stay healthy, and I'll meet you back here next week for another great episode of The Power Podcast. Until then, bye-bye, my friends.